Well, hey, everyone. We made it to Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 2. So, you know, a couple years, couple years in. <laughs> now, to be fair to, to me, I was going to say to us, but there's really no need to be fair to you because what are you doing? Um, this would have been in, I think, 1965. So, uh, really, this is like three years in. So, you know, what's taken us mm, eight years really took them three years, not like two. <laughs> um, all right. Here's the thing about Spider-Man annual number two. It is 72 big pages, special king size annual, as it says on the cover. And if you picked this up, you would probably have been like, holy shit, this is a thick book. I'm into it. Now, the cover isn't bad. It's, you know, a Spider-Man head with a bunch of Spider-Mans and then a Spider-Man standing there. But, and I think this Spider-Man standing there, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, later used in the upper left-hand corner, you know, where it would be like Spider-Man and it shows a little picture of him for many years. Um, however, if you picked this up and you were excited by it, for many, this was probably the first time they were duped by a reprint. So you do get one new story, The Wondrous Worlds of Doctor Strange. And there's even a little sign on the cover that's like all new, pointing to that. And you're like, all right, that's cool. And then at the bottom, it says, plus three of Spidey's earliest, greatest, most requested full-length epics. So it seems like maybe someone at Marvel was even like, um, are we going to get away with this? Like, whatever. And they're like, well, what if we just emphasize that this story is new, but we don't necessarily need to say these stories not new. So in these 72 big pages, what you get is one new story and then straight up reprints of Amazing Spider-Man issues one, two, and five. <laughs> Which I guess is fine. Um, okay, let's, let's be fair at this juncture. When I was a, a young man, I got my hands on Amazing Spider-Man Essential Edition. This was a, a version of the comics that Marvel reprinted back then, and they were printed on cheap paper. They were black and white. Um, they looked like phone books. Um, and I got like volume two because I couldn't even find volume one. Um, however, these essential volumes um, were like the first opportunity I had to read these old stories. And that was super exciting. So if I'm being fair, in 1965, um, if you had missed Amazing Spider-Man 1, 2, and 5, which it seems extremely likely because it's not like it was a popular character back then. And something that a lot of people who don't really follow comics wouldn't know is like, you know, back at this time, comic books were not seen as this. You wouldn't like get a mylar sleeve and a backing board and put it in a, a long box. You know, they were just they were disposable entertainment. It would be like saving Time magazine or Life magazine or something. You know, no one would do that and like preserving it. It, it would be like that, but even less. It'd be like saving every day's newspaper or something. Um. So, and you know, a lot of kids would get it. It's not like you would necessarily be going to a comic shop at this juncture. 
you'd probably be going to like a magazine stand or a newsstand, as they called it, that would have magazines and newspapers and probably cigars. For some reason, comics and cigars went together. I'll let Freud figure that one out. But, um, so they weren't necessarily going to be like, oh, we got to make sure and get every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man in order. You know what I mean? Like, eh, if one shipment didn't come in or whatever, it was like, eh, fuck it. You know, as long as I don't get charged for it, whatever. No biggie. So, to be fair, it is entirely possible at this time that you had, you know, gotten into Spider-Man in the intervening three years, but you hadn't, uh, you had never actually seen the contents of Amazing Spider-Man number one. So for the purposes of this, uh, this program, we're not going to go back through issues one, two, and five, obviously, because um, that would be dumb, right? And uh, you don't need that. I don't need it. Whatever. If <laughs> You know what I should do? I'll consider this. If you're looking at this episode right now and it seems like it's kind of long, what happened is I put in uh, episodes one, two, and five and just tacked them onto this one. <laughs> so if this is like an hour and 15 minute episode, that's probably what happened. And uh, you can re-listen to those too. I mean, what a scam. Uh, uh, but it's not like I'm getting paid for this, so fuck you. I don't What am I supposed to say? Um... But we're going to go over the Doctor Strange story, which is pretty short and pretty stupid. And it's called The Wondrous World of Doctor Strange. I did kind of wonder, like, was Doctor Strange a new character? And he came about in mid-1963, so he was like a year and a half old at this point. So he wasn't like a brand new character. And he was looking mostly like he looked, so I don't know. I, I don't know if sales were flagging or what. Um... But it seems like this uh, new story was really more like, wouldn't it be cool to showcase Doctor Strange? And then, uh, you know, we could get this thing going. I don't know. So anyway, we start off with Spider-Man in an alley, as he often is. He's got, there's this great panel that I'm like, this would make a perfect bookmark. Because it's also like full page length, um, vertical panel. And he says, everything is so quiet, or everything is quiet so far. I might as well have stayed home with a good book, or even a bad one. Which I'm like, that is like a, a bookmark waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> I'd rather stay home with a bad book than be here. Um, but then he goes even, and what does he say? On a night like this, I feel about as useful as a second-hand tube of dinosaur repellent. Um, I think... <laughs> I think what he's trying to say, sometimes what's weird about reading comics from 1965 is I'm like, I'm not sure if this is like an anachronistic thing and uh, I just don't understand it because of the timing or if it's like, is this just a crazy thing to say in general? And what I don't, what I really don't understand is why it's a secondhand tube of dinosaur repellent. You know what I mean? Like, how is a, is a second-hand tube of dinosaur repellent less useful than a one that you bought new? <laughs> I mean, neither one is necessary, which I, I think is what he's saying, is he's like, I'm superfluous right now. 
but it's a, uh, how is a secondhand one more super? Wouldn't a secondhand tube of dinosaur repellent be at least less wasteful financially? I don't know. Anyway, we come across a sinister looking figure who walks into a bar fight where two giant guys with horrible haircuts are beating the shit out of everybody. One guy also is dressed almost exactly like the Sandman, which is um, unfortunate to say the least, because you're like, well, you give this Sandman a green shirt with black horizontal stripes, and then you couldn't you couldn't have done any other color for this guy. Um, but the guy who walks into the bar uh, is like straight up movie villain guy. He's wearing some kind of a trench coat and a hat, but then he's got like a hood on under it. And uh, he's got a monocle and like a long mustache and crazy eyebrows. And, you know, he comes across. So basically it looks like these two guys started a bar fight for fun, beat the shit out of everybody. And then this weirdo is like, I'm going to make you an offer for a job, basically. And he starts right in being a villain because he's like, you fools. It is I who give the orders. It is you who shall obey them. And I'm like, I love when uh, I love when just some asshole talks like that. You know what I mean? With a monocle. Did I mention he has a monocle? Because that seems pretty important. But, you know, he hypnotizes them. And he, you know, calls them things like fools and dolts, and he takes them back to his lab. And, you know, he hypnotizes them in such a way where they can, uh, they can't be hurt, and they can just basically punch really good. And then uh, he goes back to his lab where he reveals his full costume, which I would describe as, like, Cirque du Soleil pirate. Cirque du Soleil pirate inventor. Chic. He's got, like, a cape. He's got uh, you know, pirate pants and a long sleeve shirt. He's got a hood over his head. It kind of looks like a chainmail hood that like a knight would wear or something. Um, and he's he's making a very jaunty pose that I greatly appreciate. Um, so anyway, we find out he's got some rod. Uh, what is it called? An enchanted wand of Wadoom, Waboom, Waba. It's a it's a fucking rod and it's got like a demon head on it and he's trying to get the other half which Doctor Strange has. So his here's his big plan. He had to come he had to hypnotize these guys, bring them back to his lair, explain this to me and you, and then send his uh henchmen hypnotized over to Doctor Strange's place. Um, you know, and then <laughs> it cuts to Doctor Strange who's in his he doesn't call it a lab, I guess. Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, and he is saying, on the surface, this is an ancient recipe for borscht. But if I read between the faded lines, dot, dot, dot. And I love, this is my favorite panel, because I'm like, I guess this is what Doctor Strange is doing all day. He's just like looking at old shit, trying to figure out like, what's what what things have a secret code in them? <laughs> You know, like, I got all this crap laying around, and I'll just investigate it. And, uh, that, that'll be Tuesday. Anyway, these guys show up, and, uh, I, okay, here's what I didn't understand, I guess, was I was like, well, 
all this evil pirate wizard man needed was someone to, you know, he needs the other half of the staff, which is at Dr. Strange's place. So you'd think he'd come up with some kind of magical enchantment or sneaky way to go get it. But instead, he finds two guys who are good at bar fights, uh, hypnotizes them, sends them over. They kick the shit out of Dr. Strange and then just start smashing things in the Sanctum Sanctorum until they find the Wand of Watum, the other half. Which, by the way, looks the same. It's like a dual demon-headed rod that's maybe like seven inches long. Um, it looks like some kind of weirdo's sex toy, to be honest with you. I'm just being honest with you. I, I wanted to lie and soften the blow that it looked like someone had designed some kind of weird sex toy, but, uh, eh, why? Anyway, Spider-Man sees these guys coming around, uh, leaving the Sanctum Sanctorum and is like, well, I might as well beat the shit out of them and, uh, is unable to. Even though, as he says, I know my punches have the same old whammeroo in them, which is also great, by the way. Whammeroo. Let's give it the old whammeroo. And then you punch someone in the face. You fall on the cement and die. It's unfortunate. So, you know, the, uh, the hypnotist guy is like telling these guys like, oh, you can absorb this punch. Oh, the webbing is just like tissue paper and your strength can tear it with ease. Rip it apart right now. And it's just like, uh, I, I did want to credit uh, Amazing Sp Spider-Man Annual 2 with, I think this is the secret. I think this is how the secret works is you envision something. So, you know, you're covered in a webbing, but if you envision it as being tissue paper that you can easily destroy, there you go. Done. <laughs> So, you know, there's something. So anyway, guy gets the uh, two halves of the rod. He puts it together. It opens up portals to weird dimensions because that's what Dr. Strange does. He's always in a dimension. It's like no dimension. This dimension's never good enough for that fucking guy. He's like, well, I'm going to go to this upside down crazy geometric shape dimension or something. Um, and then he sends Spider-Man to a dimension. Um, but unfortunately, Spider-Man grabs the rod right before he's sucked into the portal. So then the pirate guy is like, oh, shit. I guess I'll have to send my goons after him to uh, get that rod. So then they have a sort of chase in a, you know, Spider-Man is like leaping on top of a moon that's connected with a wire that's running through it that's coming out of a beam of light and smoke. Um, a guy gets stuck in what looks like a pink ball of yarn while another guy is inside of a pond that seems to be completely two-dimensional. Um, I know this is a weird thing to describe. And so I, you know, I'm imagining whoever drew this had fun. I don't know. Because you're just like, I don't know, do fucking... I would love to see the script for this because I know the Marvel method was like a little bit lighter on the scripting and a little bit more work on the artist. So it's just like they fight in a crazy dimension. And then this guy was just like, all right. And then he ate a mushroom that he kept at his desk and was like, here we go. 
Anyway, Doctor Strange shows up. Um, <laughs> there's a great, uh, the evil guy has a great pose where he's like holding his fist up like, damn you. You know, that classic villain pose. If you, if you had to look through this and there were no words and you didn't, you were unfamiliar with the characters. And then I was like, which one of these characters do you think is the bad guy? It would be very obvious. Anyway, they, uh, Dr. Strange and Professor Whoever have a, a magic fight, which is like one of those, um, one of those things that I think is hilarious that happens like in Harry Potter. At some point, um, in Harry Potter movies, at least the wands just turn into like guns, right? They're just like shooting beams at each other, like bolts or whatever. And I was like, I mean, couldn't you do something cooler with magic than you know, just basic, or you could just have a gun, I guess. I mean, you could have both a wand and a gun. And it's like, well, maybe do shit. You can only do with the wand with the wand and then use the gun. If you're like, well, I just need a machine gun, but you know, that would be crazy. So anyway, they have that kind of fight. Uh, Spider-Man and the goons make their way back. Then, for no real reason, Doctor Strange leaves his body in ghost form and, you know, helps Spider-Man defeat the goons who kind of wake up and they're just like, um, where are we? What's going on? And one guy's like, why am I so tired? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess because you've been fighting a superpower guy to a standstill for the last couple hours in a crazy dimension. But, you know. Um, really, they did nothing wrong. They are victims as much as anyone. Um, there are multiple, also there are multiple references where they're talking about, you know, it's our only chance against his deadly wand. And I was like, mm, is that too obvious a thing to call your penis a deadly wand? This is my wand, my deadly wand. And uh, is that a Harry Potter thing, too? It's like the wand chooses you. Is that a metaphor? Or what? I don't even want to get into. Anyway, they find they get the wand, the deadly wand. And then Doctor Strange is basically like, I'll just make it into I'll depower it. So it's worthless now. And that way everyone is safe. And I was like, why the fuck didn't you do that to the half you already had? Or why wouldn't you have done this before? You're so busy looking, trying to find secrets in a borscht recipe that you don't even fucking save the world from this stupid wand. But he got to it eventually. So, you know, better late than never. And then Doctor Strange figures out that this guy is like uh, messing around with the, the mystic arts and is like, oh, you know, well... Your evil ambition will fade forever, and I'm just going to make you, um, he's, I grant you the gift of total sleep, and when you awake, your memory shall be cleansed of all that has happened. Your evil ambition shall have faded forever in the name of the omnipotent obturer, I so declare it. Which I was like, hmm, the, uh, the gift of total sleep sounds pretty good. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the, the best at sleep, so a night of total sleep, I'm a little jealous, and I'm a little like, this is kind of fucked up, man. Um, this guy did all this bad shit, tried to kill a Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, and then was like, oh, well, 
I'll just give you total sleep and cure you. Oh, okay, cool. Meanwhile, Pete's like up at 4 a.m. going like, what the hell's going on? I guess I should steal a, a deadly wand. I should do something bad with my deadly wand. Anyway, uh, Dr. Strange flies away and says, may the Vishanti watch over thee. And Spider-Man says, and may your amulet never tickle. And that's about it. Um, it, it does end with a word box that says special earth shaking notice. Dr. Strange appeared through the courtesy of the publisher of strange tales, namely us. <laughs> and that's, that's the end. So it's a little weird. Cause the annual is like, it just seems like this basically could have been issue 29. Right. But they were like, well, let's do an annual. And they didn't, they didn't actually, they didn't go too far out of their way. Let's just put it that way. There are there is a, a short like five page gallery like of pinups of the uh, some of the the bad guys like the Circus of Crime, the Scorpion, the Beetle, Jonah's robot, and the Crime Master. So this would indicate to me because it's a gallery of Spider Man's most famous foes. And if I'm reading those out loud to the average person and I say the circus of crime, the beetle, the crime master, everyone would say, what? Now, maybe Jonah's robot and maybe the scorpion. But even then, they're not the most famous foes. If I had to pick a top five most famous foes, we've got a sinister six for fuck's sake. So, I mean, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I don't know. Circus of Crime. I don't know if you're going to make it in there. But yeah, that, that seems to be their plan for the annual. They're just like, eh, fuck it. Let's do this. But to be fair, it was only 25 cents, which is a pretty good price for uh, what's basically four comics, I guess. So I don't know. There's something to it, but uh, maybe there's some amount of a scam to it. But there we go, everyone. We've made it to annual number two. Tune in uh, 25 years from now when we get to annual number three, and um, I'm sure that'll be a true blast. Spider-Man.